Well, good morning. Uh, a little different this morning. Uh, nobody's as surprised by this as me. Um, Joel, uh, we need to pray for Joel and his wife, Jen, and their daughter, Raya. She's at Scottish Rite right now. Um, she's been ill for almost two weeks. And uh, Joel, it was just best for Joel to be with his family today. And so it's usually Joel and I together up here. If you've been coming, you, you're used to seeing a couple of guys up here. And so it's a solo flight today for me. Uh, but it's going to be fun because we're actually in um, my favorite chapter in the entire Bible. Um, I, people ask me sometimes, what's your favorite book? And that usually that changes depending on whatever book we're in. But this, I, I can honestly say, I, I really believe this is my favorite chapter in the whole Bible. And there's a lot of talk about sheep and shepherds uh, in this. If you've been with us, we're in John, you know that. And we are uh, about two weeks away from being in the last week of the life of Jesus. Right? I don't know if you knew that or not, but the from chapter 12 to the end of the book is one week of the life of Jesus. John's gospel, about 95% of it is unique to the gospel of John. And so it's one of the, it's one of the great things about working our way through this gospel is we're learning stuff about Jesus and John that's not contained anywhere else. And one of those things today we're going to see, um, it's Bible trivia time, so we're going to see how up on things you guys are. What is the animal that you think is mentioned the most in the Bible? That's not a trivia. Sheep, right? Sheep or lamb, some 400 times, right? So it's pretty popular. Let me ask you some more follow-up questions here. Are sheep smart? Wow. <laughs> wow. No. Like, that was an ominous no. <laughs> Are sheep tough? No. <laughs> this is my group right here. No. <laughs> no, just in case you don't know, sheep are not tough. And they're not smart. So, so far, it doesn't feel like much of a compliment, right, to be called sheep. This means, yeah. Uh, most, of, most of you did not grow up on a farm. As close as most of us ever got to sheep was gluing cotton balls on a piece of construction paper, right? <laughs> right you, how many of you have done that, by the way? Yes, all right. That's as close as most of us get to sheep. But sheep are not known for their intelligence. They're one of the few animals who have absolutely no defense mechanism. Think about it. They got tiny, skinny little legs, right? They can't run fast. They got all that fur, right? They get wool. You can call it fur, right? <laughs> They got no sharp teeth. Left to their own, sheep are not going to live very long. We are sheep. And the Bible uses sheep 
often to describe our relationship with God. Think about it. Sheep are the, there's just something calming about sheep, right? They're just passive. Um, we, we think about it, you, you, you never, if you have kids, you never say to the kids, if they wake up from a nightmare, you don't go in and go, it's okay, baby, just count wolves. No, we tell them to count sheep because there's something just peaceful about it, because they're harmless. Sheep are um, passive, vegan wanderers. They're basically the first hippies. <laughs> sheep. In John 10 today, Jesus is going to talk about sheep. And we're going to learn some things about sheep. So let's look at John 10. Uh, we'll, we'll look at the first few verses here. If you have your Bible, we're going to start in verse 1. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in another way, that man is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the gatekeeper opens the sheep hear his voice, he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes before them and the sheep follow him for they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him for they do not know the voice of strangers. This figure of speech Jesus used with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. So Jesus said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. So, before we get too far in, there's some things here we learn about sheep, right? Let, let's, let me just give you a few things we learn about sheep. Sheep need a shepherd, right? They, again, left to themselves, sheep just are not going to make it long. You and I need a shepherd, it's one of the reasons so often the Bible gives us this picture of us as sheep and God as a shepherd. Because a shepherd cares for, feeds, protects the sheep. We need a shepherd. Another thing we learn about sheep, maybe indirectly, is this. Sheep need a shepherd, sheep need a flock. Think about it. You, you don't ever see sheep by themselves, right? They're always with a bunch of other, what? Sheep. No, nobody, nobody's got a sheep as a pet. Just solo sheep. They, they gotta be together. One of the reasons is, in numbers, there's this, there's this sense of strength and security. You and I as sheep need a flock. I realize I'm preaching to the flock, as it were, right now. But there is no solo sheep, right? You need to belong to a flock. You need to belong to a community of other sheep. Jesus doesn't call solo sheep to just you and Jesus hang out in the field together. No, it's you and Jesus and a bunch of other sheep. The, uh, 
The bad thing about that is um, other sheep, because we've already talked about this, right? They're not real smart. They, I, I did learn this this week, that sheep, while they don't have a defense mechanism, they'll often bite each other. Right. It sounds a little familiar, doesn't it? I, I talk to students sometimes who will say, well, I used, to, I used to be a Christian, but the, the church, I didn't like the flock. Because that's, we bite each other, right? But you got to be in a flock if you're sheep. We have a shepherd. We need a flock. Sheep need to find the gate, right? Look, Jesus says, uh, the gatekeeper opens, the, the sheep hear his voice and they go in a gate. Uh, he says also, I'm the door. So here's, here's the thing about sheep. They're, again, they're not smart. They don't have great vision either, so they almost have to always be led to the gate. Um, in, um, what would happen in this region is they would they would take sheep out and they would graze in a pasture, right? And it would start to get dark and the shepherd for protection would either take them to uh, an enclosure that had been made or possibly find a cave somewhere where he could get the sheep in for the night and protect them. And he would often build a temporary gate or sometimes the shepherd himself would lay down on the ground in front of wherever the opening was to be the gate to protect the sheep. There is one gate, right? There is one way in, and that is Jesus. He says, I am the gate. I am the door the sheep come through. Sheep need a shepherd. Sheep need a flock. Sheep need to find the gate. Sheep need to know his voice. Look at what Jesus says. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. The sheep hear his voice. They know his voice. They follow his voice. When, when you were converted, if you are a Christian... You became a Christian because you heard the voice of Jesus and you responded. Jesus' sheep respond when they hear his voice. How many, how many of you are, are, you have a dog that when you call, he comes? Yeah, we, we, we have a couple of dogs. If they were Christian, they would come when you called. Sometimes they do. But they, but they come because they know you, right? You respond to the voice of Jesus if you're sheep. How do you, how do you hear the voice of Jesus? He, he primarily speaks to us through the Bible. Right? This is, this is the word, the written word. 
We learned in the first chapter of John that John is the Word made flesh. So if you want to hear Jesus speak to you, read the Bible. If you want to hear Jesus speak to you audibly, read the Bible out loud. The primary way Jesus speaks to us is through the Bible. He speaks to us through prayer, where we pray and then we listen and we wait and we're still before him so we can hear the voice of the shepherd. We also hear the voice of the shepherd through counsel, through wise counsel. It's one of the reasons that, that, that it's great to be part of a church because young sheep can be around really old, beat-up sheep, right? You know, you're a young lamb, everything's great. You live long enough, you realize you're going to get some battle scars. It's good to be part of a flock where young sheep can be around old sheep. It's also good for the old sheep too, by the way. Keeps them young. Chasing all the young sheep around. So sheep need a shepherd. They need a flock. They need to find the gate. They need to know his voice, hear his voice, listen to his voice. And sheep need to follow the shepherd. You need to follow Jesus. This idea that you can Belong to Jesus and not follow Jesus or not obey Jesus is foreign to the Bible. And I realize these, these things, these are pretty basic things, right? We all know these. Trouble starts for us as sheep when we don't do these things. When, when we when we forget where the gate is or we stop hanging out with the flock or we quit listening to the shepherd and we quit following the shepherd. Statistics about a decade ago used to tell us the average church member would gather with other believers twice a month. That was considered normal. The most recent data I could find is once a month. That's, listen, that's bad sheep. You, you start getting in trouble when you stop gathering with the flock, when you stop listening to the shepherd. That's when trouble starts, right? So those are things we, we learn about sheep that we need to hear about sheep. And left to ourselves, we're in trouble. But the great thing is we're not left to ourselves, right? We're told, look. Verse eight, all, Jesus talks about the door. He says, all who came before me are thieves, robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I don't know what's trending on social media right now, but it's in one of those three categories, right? Steal, kill, destroy. That's the world we live in. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. 
I am the good shepherd. I'm the door that they get, they have to come through, and I am the shepherd that watches over them. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd, who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming, and he leaves. The wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he's a hired hand and he cares nothing for them. I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. Just as the father knows me and I know the father, I lay down my life for the sheep. We learn some things about the shepherd that are really awesome. As bad as it is for the sheep, it's really great that we have a shepherd. We, we know this, the shepherd, Jesus, always tells the truth. You see, it opens, John 10 opens, truly, truly, verse seven, truly, truly, I say to you. Some of you, your translation may say, I tell you the truth, something like that. This is what, this is what Jesus is saying. Some 40 times he uses that phrase. You can trust me. I'm telling you the truth. Man, isn't that great in the world we live in to know there's one place where you're not gonna get fake news. Truly, truly, you can trust me. I am the good shepherd. We, it's, it's where we come to Jesus and it's where we learn how to live, it's where we learn about life, it's where we learn about who God is, who we are, what the purpose and meaning of life is. The good shepherd always tells us the truth. The good shepherd warns us. You see the warnings? Some who came before me are thieves and robbers. They don't, they don't come in the right way. They jump over the wall, steal the sheep, take advantage of the sheep. There are wolves. Here, here's, this is important for us to hear, right? Because Jesus is the good shepherd. He is the chief shepherd, right? It's his church. Belongs to him. But Jesus calls other people to be uh, what we would, we would call under-shepherds. Pastoral staff, Sunday school teachers, your mom and dad are, sh are, are shepherds in a sense. Here's how you know someone's a trustworthy shepherd. We'll talk about church life right now. If you're part of a church and they're helping you love Jesus more, leading you toward loving Jesus and other people, that's good. If that's not the primary direction you're headed, it's not good. So when you, most of you are college students in the room, when you leave here, you need to find a church and believers that are gonna help you move toward the shepherd, to follow the shepherd. You need to find a place that holds the Bible as the authority. You need to find a place where they talk about sin and repentance 
and forgiveness and Jesus as the substitute and the only way for us to be made right. Because Jesus says, these are Jesus' words, everybody else, if that's not what you're talking about, they're a thief, a robber, or a wolf. The good shepherd tells the truth. The good shepherd warns. The good shepherd lays down his life. I lay down my life for the sheep. Jesus is not a victim. It's easy, right, to see Jesus on the cross beaten, battered, bloody, taken down, thrown in a tomb. It's easy to picture Jesus as a victim. He is not the victim. He is the victor. Because he says, I lay down my life. There's a scene coming in John where he stands before authorities and he says to them, you're not taking my life from me. I lay it down by my own authority. And I pick it up. Jesus lays down his life for the sheep. You hear this. Look, right here. Jesus loves people. Now we can look around the world and, and go, Why? Jesus loves people, not because we are good, but because he is good. He loves people. He lays down his life for the sheep because he loves the sheep. And you and I don't work for God's love. We work from God's love. Let me say that again. We don't work for God's love. We work from it. Some of us grew up in environments and worlds, and you may be living in that world right now where you feel like, I gotta work for love and acceptance. Hear me, that's not the gospel. You don't have to work for it. You are loved because Jesus himself laid down his life for you. And that kind of love you can work from. You don't have to work for it. Every other religion in the world says you lay down your life and get better. Christianity says this. No, Jesus is gonna lay down his life for you. And you work from that to become who you're supposed to be. He loves the sheep. Jesus, the good shepherd, knows the sheep. Now think about that. That seems odd, right? The, you should read about sheep and shepherds in Palestine sometimes. It's fascinating. If the flock was small enough, and most of them were small, the shepherd would know the sheep by name. If, if 
you, you have pets, you know you name your pets, right? The shepherds would name their sheep. And they would call their sheep by name. And the sheep would respond. Hey, Carl. And I've seen video footage of this. You can look it up on YouTube. They will call the sheep by name and the sheep will look up. I guess they're smart in one sense. They at least learn that voice, right? Jesus knows us by name. Look, he says, I know my own and my own know me. How do do people use your name? How How do people call your name? Is it in disrespect? Do they make fun of you? The good shepherd calls your name lovingly. We, we know this, right? You're going to meet a guy next week named Lazarus. It's a really cool story. Lazarus dies. Jesus shows up at his tomb, spoiler, by the way, and says, hey, dead guy, no. He says, Lazarus, come out. He calls him by his name. And and you, listen, you get to hear Jesus call you by your name to call you out of the pen of death into the pasture of eternal life. He knows your name. And there'll be a name called someday when we get to leave this world. Jesus the good shepherd is going to call us home, all of us. I don't know how he's going to do this, but he's going to call all of us by name home. We are known Jesus goes on to say this. Verse 15, just as the Father knows me and I know the Father, I lay down my life for the sheep and I have other sheep. Now he's talking to to the Jews here, right? Primarily the religious leaders and Jesus says, I have other sheep that aren't of this flock. There are, there are a lot of different flocks, right? There are a bunch of flocks around our city meeting right now. Because like any animal, sheep, have their, their difference, they have some differences. Some flocks just sprinkle their sheep. Other flocks put them all the way under the water. Some flocks speak in tongues, some flocks don't. As long as the flock is following the good shepherd, we're all part of one big flock, right? Jesus says, in this context, I've got sheep around the globe. How cool this morning, we got to pray over people that are going to a place where there are not any sheep yet. 
but they're going to go and they're going to be the voice of the shepherd. They're going to speak on behalf of the shepherd and this is what's going to happen. Lost people are going to go, what? They're going to hear the voice of the shepherd and they're going to believe. I have sheep that are not of this fold. They're going to hear my voice and they're going to come and they're going to believe. That's why we, that's why we go. That's why we preach the gospel. That's why you should share the gospel with people around you. You know why? You're guaranteed results. Name anything else in life where you get that kind of guarantee. Not everybody. We're going to see that in a second. Not everybody. But we know this. If we share enough, if we cry out on behalf of the shepherd enough, Jesus says it. They're going to hear my voice. They're going to follow. How cool was Matt's testimony? He heard the voice of the shepherd through James Taylor's song. Now, some of you are having a hard time with that this morning. That didn't fit in your theological box. Get a new box. What an awesome testimony. And then what always happens with Jesus, right? He's talking to these guys and they find this extremely offensive. Shocking. Verse 19, there was again division among the Jews because of these words. Many of them said, he has a demon. He's insane. Why should we listen to him? Others said, well, these are not the words of one who is oppressed by a demon. Can a demon open the eyes of a blind? Remember, this whole discourse is following on the heels of Jesus healing the blind man. So what's happened is, these, these people are going after the character of Jesus, and some of the sheep go, oh, I don't know. This doesn't sound like a demon-possessed crazy person to me. And y'all know what he did with the blind guy, right? Sheep will speak up on behalf of the shepherd. Verse 22, we got to move pretty quick here. At that time, the Feast of the Dedication took place in Jerusalem. It was winter. Jesus is walking in the temple in the colonnade of Solomon. So the Jews gathered around him to say, how long are you going to keep us in suspense? If you're the Christ, tell us plainly. Man, these guys, right? <laughs> tell us, we, why don't you just come out and just say it? Jesus answered them, I told you. And you do not believe. The works I do in my Father's name bear witness about me. I, they, that's... Have you, you guys been watching? I fed five, 10,000 people with a happy meal. I, I healed somebody from 20 miles away. I had a paralyzed guy get up. I just made new eyes for a blind guy. You're not paying attention. You do not believe because you're not among my sheep. 
Jesus is saying not everybody's gonna believe. But verse 27, my sheep hear my voice. I know them, they follow me. I give them eternal life. Listen to this. They will never perish and no one will snatch them out of my hand. My father who has given them to me is greater than all and no one is able to snatch them out of the father's hand. I and the father are one. My, my good friend John Deans always says this, you can't get away from God, here's why. Because he's got a two-fisted grip on you, right? You, you see it right there? I have them, Jesus says, and the father has them. You ain't going nowhere. The good shepherd hangs on to his sheep. Now you may wander off, but if you really belong to him, he's coming to get you. This, Jesus says, I give them eternal life. Earlier, we saw he gives abundant life. What does that mean? Abundant life. Right, it's, we, it's so hard sometimes for us to try to explain that to put a definition on it. And it occurred to me this week. The reason we have trouble with it is we try to pull that out of this context and separate it from sheep and a shepherd. What does abundant life mean? I'm glad you asked. Flip to Psalm 23. Now think about the context. Jesus is saying, people are sheep, I'm the good shepherd. I give abundant life. What's the most famous poem ever written about shepherd and sheep? Psalm 23. That's why I had you turn there. Look at this. This is the definition of what you have that will never be taken from you. Ever, ever, ever. Listen to this. Listen to it. Maybe like you've heard it, this is the first time. The good shepherd is saying, I give you abundant life. Verse one, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. I, I will have no need. I have abundance. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still water. Abundant life means you have a restful soul. When, when chaos is swirling around you, in the middle of that somehow, and you've seen it, you know it, some of you know it, Jesus steps in and, and your soul is at peace. The world around you may be going nuts. Abundant life, you have a restful soul. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his namesake. You have guidance. Abundant life means you have guidance. You don't have to look around trying to figure out what am I supposed to be doing with my life? Follow the shepherd. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, you comfort me. Abundant life means this. You have a constant companion. The, Following the shepherd doesn't mean your life is absent of pain. It does mean the shepherd is present. 
You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Abundant life means this. You have provision. God just takes care of you. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Abundant life means this. You have a home. There's something about that word, right? Home. The good shepherd loves the sheep, and the sheep hear his voice, and they follow him. And if you've said yes to Jesus... Every one of those things is yours. Good news, Christian. Jesus and the Father have you. Nobody can ever take this from you. Ever, ever, ever. It's yours. As sure as the Father loves the Son, it's yours. There's a chance that today you're hearing the shepherd for the first time. You're hearing Jesus' voice say, I love you, and he's calling your name. And like sheep in Palestine, your head is up. Here's, here's, here's what you need to do. You need to run to the shepherd. You don't have to know what to say. Just run to him. And say, I love Matt's testimony. He hears the lyrics of the song and he thinks about it and he goes, you know what, Jesus, I, I need that. Come help me. That's a pretty decent way to get to the shepherd. Let me pray for us.